Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm Caitlin Bradnick. And I'm Dara Katz. And, and we, we love, love scams. scams. <laughs> Yay! Oh, I pimped her into doing this with me. We have the amazing Derek Katz, you guys, who's just such a cool human being and great friend and amazing guest. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be here, Caitlin. Like, <laughs> this is such a big deal. Yeah, you were on the scam thing before anyone else. We were scam really. obsessed. Yeah. I've been scam obsessed for a long time because I think in my heart of hearts, I'm like a carny, you know, <laughs> like if we're being honest. You're a carny? I'm definitely a swindler. The listeners know. Uh, I can't be trusted. So Dara is an incredible comedian, writer. You can find her on Pure Wow. She's written amazing stuff that I'm addicted to. She does the Sex in the City podcast, which is so funny and so smart. And now they're on hiatus. And then I'm assuming you guys are going to redo it. When it comes back. I think we'll come yeah. back. Yeah. And you've done, well, you're, I love your, I loved your podcast. Cool, right? And I loved your podcast. Done. Yeah. You're amazing. Thank and you. And you're an amazing comedian. We met at you're UCB amazing. doing sketch comedy and I fell in love with her. So there you go. I know. Thank God we met. Thank God. Because when would we have? I just, I just can't believe like we had a life where like we spent so much time in rooms like with Bed bugs, probably <laughs> just like reading scripts and then like putting on wigs and tech late night tech rehearsals. That like, was, oh my god, that was when I was like, I don't know if I could do this right now because I was pregnant at the end of Mod when I when I was very very pregnant. It was like the end of the season of Mod, and I was just like, I'm not coming to tech. <laughs> it was really bitchy, but I was like, it's one in the morning. No, there, I don't understand how like you even. The cons thought about coming to tech. <laughs> I know. Like, I know. Oh God. I know. It's so funny. It was so we were at UCB and we did, we were on sketch groups and they had running shows every single night at the theater. So the only time you could do tech to do a dress rehearsal prepare for your show, you had to be in the middle of the night after the other shows were gone. And you didn't know if one show would run late because they're doing like a beer pong challenge or something. And you'd be like stuck in the waiting rooms or in the green room waiting to practice your sketch that you hoped somebody would come and watch. Like, literally, you would just be watching a show with, like, three people in the audience just, like, decide not to stop their show yes. ever. And, and you couldn't you do anything never about get it. To practice. You couldn't do anything about it. And then you'd have to... Uh, it was so crazy. But honestly, it bonded Fun. us. Yes. <laughs> but honestly, I would do it again. <laughs> so, Dara, you're a really funny, incredible person. And we I've texted you about coming on the show before about, like, sad Jewish things because there's like Holocaust scams and you're like, I think that's too sad. And like, I, I know you're like, I need you to come on the show to talk about like Poland's annihilation of 90% of the Jewry. And I'm like, I don't think that's funny. It's really not in any way funny, but I don't have anyone else who wants to talk about Jew fun things with me. You know, I mean, sad, uh, pivotal things, I should say. Oh my God. I mean, let's be honest. Like it's the basis of my being. <laughs> Yeah, every every Jewish family like it ultimately gets to <laughs> find out that they were destroyed. the Holocaust yeah. and what book on the Holocaust you've been reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I know it's know. just a part of life. So I just it's so funny too. I think because you put this out, Dara put out an article about this. Um, when people it was like the Holocaust deniers were happening, and I was like, that is bonkers. Like that's just straight up bonkers. But we're not going to talk about the Holocaust today. We're going to talk about the very sad story of baby formula. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we're living in... I, I was trying to, like, prepare for this because, no of, you know, I wrote an article about mm -hmm. this. But then I was like, this is so interconnected to everything else happening yeah. in the world. And it's like, okay, I got to stay focused, yeah. even though we could we could go off Forever. in a lot of directions. Yeah. Here. Okay. So it was funny because I was talking to Alan about this. And he 
he was like, oh, like, what's the scam there? And I was like, honey, the scam has been as long as <laughs> as everyone's been alive. I, mean, I was thinking about this because Alan, Alan has known all along that capitalism is the, is the yes, scam. Yes. And I remember hearing that a long time ago and being like, oh, my God, that's wild, yeah, you yeah. know? But like, no, he's, he's right forever. And we are we are living everything about everything. Our existence, like in capitalism, is the matrix. Yeah. And everything is a lie. And that's really hard. I sound, no, you know, you sound kooky and crazy. Oh, but our like, listeners, they know already. They're in. Okay. This. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. good, good. Because everything, especially discovering, like rediscovering myself as like my, a woman who like gives birth and like I was on the pill for 10 years and now I'm having my period again. Like, and just using a diva cup Ooh. instead of using tampons, which are also a shortage of tampons right yeah. now. Um, it's like, oh my God, what's with this like tampon industrial complex? Yes. You know, there's like, so yeah, we can get it. Let's talk about the I baby love it. Okay. So, stuff, and what were, if you guys aren't like, where have you just seen like little clips and headlines or like an Instagram post here and there? There is a shortage of baby formula in the US. It has been a problem that has been warned. It has been talked about. People had said, you know, watch out. This, this could be happening for us. And it is here right now. So, while everything else is going on, I think that's so mothers are having an incredibly hard time. And it's just, even if you breastfeed and you don't need formula, there's this feeling of abandonment and just that, why wasn't this taken care of before? And let's talk about breastfeeding first, because I, I feel like unless you've done it or have lived with someone who's done it or like are in currently the, feeding, you know, in that sucking up your own breast or whatever you're doing, yeah. yeah, it's it's really hard to like kind of understand why breastfeeding isn't just an option for babies and also like why even breastfeeding and why baby formula are necessary. So like just like I didn't really know this. Tell me, I love truly. this. Like we're not sex ed, we are not taught anything. We're just taught not to have sex. Yes. We're not taught talk about we don't learn about lactation or really how to like deal with your period or stuff like that. Or, or even how to get pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So breastfeeding is really fucking hard. But babies, infants, they can't have milk. They can't even have water. Mm-hmm. Like, they are they will die, okay? So they need either breast mm-hmm. milk or formula. Formula isn't just, like, powdered milk. It's a very, like, special concoction, mm-hmm. okay? So babies literally need either human mm-hmm. milk or formula. So human milk is very hard to come by unless you create your own. There are breast milk banks people told me about that. Yeah. They were like, oh, you know, or people are giving their surplus in this and that, but it, it's bizarre. It's really regulated. Yeah. It's getting a supply. Most people don't have a supply enough for themselves. It takes time to breast pump. It's, it's expensive. It requires equipment. It requires time to clean that equipment. And the bottling of all that stuff, you need freezer space. Yeah. I had a friend who recently like had all this milk frozen in her deep freezer and then realized the deep freezer wasn't frozen, wasn't closed <gasps> and lost all that milk. Also, she realized, even though it looked like a lot of milk, it was maybe like a day's worth of milk. Oh. So you have to understand you need so much yeah. milk from your own body to produce, to, to feed a right. baby. So even if you were going to a bank or going, you know, somebody volunteering their milk, they'd maybe give you like an afternoon's worth of feeding, not as much as you would need to keep your child alive. Yeah, I I really actually don't know how much it works, but like you might just be supplementing a little with some human breast milk. There's a really good reply all about milk banks. Mm -hmm. It will make you cry. It's about a woman who needs, she doesn't make her own milk, but it's like breast milk is the only thing that helps her colicky baby. What's upsetting? And she like crosses state lines. It's like it's harder. It's easier to get guns than breast milk in this country. It is it truly is. easier to get guns than to get Claritin D behind the pharmacy. <laughs> Can't get it. Oh, it's not over the counter anymore. It Claritin D no because it has like the decongestant which could be used for some sort of drug. You have to have them. You have to ask for it. You have to show your ID. You have to sign a paper. They have to take a picture of your ID or like they scan it or something. And that is so much more of a process than just getting a handgun. <laughs> yeah. Mad. Um, I mean, Claritin D is very yeah. dangerous. D for the danger. Yeah. You don't, you don't want Claritin D to like get into a school or anything. No, 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 no. Don't open those doors with Claritin D. 
It's okay. The the world right now is very hard. And I think that's the thing that I just keep, we have so many amazing moms that listen to this podcast and that message me and are like, right now I'm currently bottle feeding or breastfeeding and I'm isolated. I'm on my own. I'm listening to your podcast while I do dishes, like just, or these like great sweet men. We have this magician who's like a magic person a magical person in himself. And so he will be listening and like... So he found the right path. He, yes, good. yes, he found us. He's wonderful. And so everyone, there's a comfort in that I always sort of repeat and saying is that like, this is an incredibly difficult time. So you can't mention the shortage of breast milk without like you're saying, mention commune, uh, <laughs> mention capitalism. You can't mention the stress that we're all under with the current regime with guns without talking about how difficult it is and how absurd it feels that it's so hard to get these things that keep you alive. Exactly. And so just to go back to capitalism and breast milk, Let's do it. first of all, stress. Don't you hate when you go to the doctor and you're like, I have a disease. You need to help yes. me. Like, give me medicine. And they're like, you are just stressed. You need to like meditate or go for a walk. And you're like, you know what? I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> but stress, stress, cortisol, that that is real. And we are under this macro stress with the pandemic. So that affects, if you had a baby, um, it affects the could affect the baby. It can affect your supply. Also, just for listeners, how a supply works, you have to, the baby or the baby or a pump needs to keep taking out milk. And sucking you on empty your, your breast. Mm-hmm. It's a feed okay. or it's a feedback loop. So if you don't empty your breast, your body will be like, oh, you didn't, you didn't need it. I'm going to stop making. It. Oh, okay, so if so, you, okay. Yeah. It, so it resupplies itself. It's not just sort of like an ongoing machine working all day. It resupplies itself only if there's a deficit. So you have to clear it all exactly. out to fill it back up. Okay. Exactly. So a lot of people on like these proud boys on Twitter are like, just just breastfeed your baby. All women can breastfeed whenever they feel like it. Well, they have no idea. Th- they don't know that even a lactating person like if you might have a lower supply yeah or if you missed exactly right or if um they have a clog or if the baby they're going back to work Mm -hmm. let's talk about capitalism we have to go to work there is no cushion for mothers in this there's no real daycare child care Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. how can you to empty your breasts you need time yeah you either need your baby right there Mm -hmm. you can't bring most babies to work Mm -hmm. or you need at least 20 minutes yeah every three hours at your job. 20 minutes every three hours at your job. If you could imagine a man saying like, okay, guys, every three hours, I'm going to take 20 minutes. Uh, You won't be able to hear from me or do anything. Like they would be like, no, I won't. I won't do that. Like I'll be fine. Those men are doing that. Every three hours, men are going to the bathroom to just like jerk off and and, like no one gets a shit. (laughs) You know what? Men go to the bathroom and they take like hour long shits. Trust me. The poop takes forever. Even my son, Louis is so cute. He's like, mom, it's okay. I'm just going to take my time. And I was like, oh, I'm like, oh God, the patriarchy. I'm like your four, it's already started. So, okay. Sorry to give the background of. I love this. Breastfeeding. There, there's a little more. Because that's I, okay. No, Dara, this is great because I didn't know. So anybody who's new to the podcast, like I don't have breasts. I had a double mastectomy, so I didn't do any breastfeeding. I didn't have any conversation about breasts with my doctors because that wasn't an option. So it was only bottle feeding for me, only formula. So I didn't even, I know a lot of my friends have gone through the process of starting breastfeeding, have either succeeded or felt that it wasn't right for them or was unhealthy for them at that moment, you know, with their bodies and their babies and then switched to formula. But I I didn't even have a lactation consultant. Like I know none of this. So I'm coming at this like, someone who's had no experience. Yeah. And that said, you probably know more than a lot of people, but, um, but you do have experience feeding a baby. Like, and it takes whether the nutrition is coming from your body or from, um, formula, it takes a lot of work to feed a baby because they might decide one day, like, I don't like this bottle or like, I only want to be fed like Upside down. when I'm in the dark yeah. <laughs> or like just, th- they can be really finicky. Yeah. The other thing about baby formula and breastfeeding that I think people should understand is that it has a really interesting history, especially in America. So obviously for millennia, Mm -hmm. however long Mm -hmm. humans have been alive, humans have body fed their babies. But a lot of birthing people don't don't have supplies. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is just a phenomenon of today. But I think we grew, we had communities Mm -hmm. and it wasn't crazy it it was necessary for a wet nurse is what they're called 
other women to breastfeed other right. children. And I think in the this day and age, we like that sounds maybe disgusting to it's other people, but I think now. that was how people like how communities and tribes and whatever actually like it was right. Ra- you raised a child by community. Right. And today we don't have that mm-hmm. at all. Exactly. And we don't have even the oral history of breastfeeding in like our specific generation. So were you breastfed, do you know? I was. And then my mom had, is it mastitis or is that what it's called? It's like mm-hmm. she had an infection and... Which is horribly, horribly so painful. painful. Like it sounds like nothing, but like it's shivering, chills, puking. Just think if somebody was like grabbing your balls for days, yes. like just holding on to them and just feeling horrible. So she had that. And then I started feeding with a bottle and I loved it. And I think it was just better for the whole family because then my grandparents could feed me, you know, like then my dad, my Mm -hmm. dad could feed me like more the baby. I was lucky enough to grow up with, with my grandparents, aunts and uncles in a very close knit community, which was beautiful. I know. I, I was crying about that. I'm just imagining you all in like the woods. No, no, it like, (laughs) yeah, I guess it's like suburbs. Of Maryland. The woods of of Washington, DC. So we, it was just amazing. It was more of like a lot of time in Baltimore City with my Bubby and Poppy, just like feeding me in their Aww. oral history, of course. But um, mm-hmm. I think the my mom felt so nervous that she wasn't mother enough or good enough or something went wrong. And it definitely wasn't mm-hmm. talked about, except whispered between close friends and families, or you'd hear some distant aunt had the same issue. And um, mm-hmm. she, but then I think she did really love when it could be formula fed. And then ever since ever since then, when I was nervous, before I even had the BRCA, any surgery or anything, she always said like, honey, you were formula fed and you're fine. Like it's, she made mm-hmm. it her mission to tell other women that it's totally okay. Your baby will be healthy and strong if, even if they don't get the breast milk from the birth mother. What's amazing is that the, there is no significant data that shows that breastfed babies have any increased anything yeah. benefits over formula fed babies. Like for instance, there's like um, bringing up the bay. Yes. There's that that the book French about uh, an American woman raising her yeah. children in France and breastfeeding there. It's like it's not chic, so they don't do it. <laughs> like they'll do it for two weeks, but then like they get on with their lives and like everyone in France is totally okay and they all have connections with their children yes. or some mm-hmm. of them or whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Them and their children drink wine and coffee together at night, like every other family mm-hmm. in France. It's fine. But what happened in America is that at the turn of the century, body feeding became something poor people did. Oh, it wasn't out of fashion. Cheap and it became racialized. So, um, and there is an incredible article in The New Yorker by um, Jill Lepore. It's called Baby Food. If breast is best, why are women bottling their milk? And this was from 2009, but it basically goes into like, like every almost everyone in America like pumps bottles their milk and gives them their baby mm-hmm, gives mm-hmm. it to most babies have a mm-hmm, bottle mm-hmm. or it's formula mm-hmm. but and why is that it's because even if breast milk is best it became out of vogue and like science took over and capitalism took over which is that oh we have we created formula it's this incredible stuff you can give it to your baby in a bottle bottles Super are bottles the breast became sexualized because of freud and women and men were disgusted by giving their baby their breast. Um, white women had less nutritious milk if they were whiter. So black women were wet nurses and are responsible for feeding so many generations, so many generations of white children. And basically, the like understanding how to breastfeed and your your mm-hmm. babies became a lost art. Okay, and uh, until recently. So the pendulum swaying in one direction and now it's swinging intensely in the next. Like if obviously when you gave birth, they were like, you're not breastfeeding. But if you, a lot of people's experiences, as soon as they give birth, people are adamant. Oh, they ran into the thing, Adara. I was very, very upset and sensitive. And I was like, I've told you guys many times, I don't have breasts to breastfeed. I don't have working breasts. I had a mastectomy. These are prosthetics. And they they run in like lactation, and I'd be like, "Get out of my room!" <laughs> like I was really, really sensitive, and they, yeah, they, 
like you're saying, they're just on such a fast, automatic, that's their job. They go immediately in. They get that baby, try to get that baby latching as fast as possible. And they came into my room, even though repeatedly I said, please don't have a breast consultant. It's going to really upset me. I definitely mm-hmm. cried over it that like I wasn't woman enough to do it. Ugh, all this shit. Oh, oh God. I'm okay. sorry. But um, yeah, it was like it, I had that exact thing. Uh, sorry, I cut you off, but it, it did happen even though I told them not to. <laughs> No, it happens to literally everybody. I have a friend who she just knew she has she has breasts and she was like, I know I don't want to do this for my mental mm-hmm. health. And they kept pushing her. And it's like, you have to stand your ground mm-hmm. because I, it's just, it's such a polarized thing, but like, it shouldn't be. If it's like, it should be really something we learn from community and decide if it's right for us, you know? Like our grandparents were using formula. Think of it that way. Like canned food, bomb shelters, like innovation. Like this is like where the peak of science, you know? So like now all of a sudden, like if my grandma saw me nursing, which I was all the time, she'd probably be like disgusted. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and RIP. Love I know. Grandma. Love but, like though. it's just how culture like. How it changed. That's a whole other conversation. That's so true. what's happening Okay, so, so here we are now. It's 2020 to 2021. Oh, wait, can I? We've created. I feel so bad. I want to say when you, just so I don't lose that one track, you were saying that when you were, after you gave birth, they walked into the room, right? Like after you gave birth, they were like, let's breastfeed. Oh, they yeah. You. They're like, okay. slap her on there. And I didn't expect to be into breastfeeding yeah, at all. Yeah. But I became what I now see as like completely addicted. Okay. That sounds great. And I I was exclusively nursing, yeah. which is like a lot on you. It was kind of hard to find other women who were doing that. Yes. Um, because most people pump and I just like I had a lot of postpartum anxiety and depression, and I just couldn't get one foot in front of the other. And nursing for me was the easiest, and formula in my head wasn't an option. Oh, the measuring, the stuff, the everything. It's like you could just stick that baby right on your boob. That feels calming. Exactly. But you don't know how much your baby's getting. Mm-hmm. They get coaxed to sleep really easily. Other people can't do it. So in that sense, it was like a form of control for me. Oh, uh, yeah. I love it. It releases, for some people, it releases um, oxytocin mm-hmm. and is euphoric. So yeah. it was like a drug for I me. I love that. Then one day, when she was like nine months, she just literally stopped. And you were and like... And I was like, I was like horrified. And I was like, I don't know I'm going to do this. And I was pumping for two months. She, she wouldn't, she wouldn't go near my boobs at all. And I talked to a lactation consultant and like, after that, my life got so much better. (laughs) Like literally she decided to stop nursing. She decided to sleep train herself because when she was nursing, it was like the only way she could fall asleep. And if I was in the room, she would need me to nurse. Right. Right. So when she decided to stop nursing and I would go in a room at night, she wouldn't eat anything and just learned how to sleep. Whoa. So we finally were sleeping. That's nine incredible. Yeah. And then I like was able to leave the house and like see clearly again. I and as much as I loved nursing, I realized how much it like was a prison for me. Right. Like I didn't, I couldn't leave her because I was the only one who could feed her. And then that anxiety and that responsibility like goes crazy. Not even just physically not being able to leave her, but just mentally you can't even leave the that pressure of like, I'm keeping you alive constantly. <laughs> right. But I also like enjoyed that. Like I it's have true. that power. It's true. And then I, that's how I learned about Bobby formula because I was like, I have to give my baby the best formula. Mm. And they are like one of the few, like more independent formula brands. That's like organic, um, more like farm to formula mm-hmm. type. Mm-hmm. It's like European style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's direct to consumer. Um, and then we started giving her bottles and I was like, Lenny, like, okay, um, we're going to be changing from beautiful breast milk to hideous formula. And she's like, go, go, go. Like, she did not give a fuck. And like, she's like, my life's better. (laughs) Everyone's life was better. She had control of the bottle. It was like beautiful. And like, everyone could chip in and like, it was awesome. That's amazing. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. This is so important, Dara. And I'm just thinking, like, as we're talking, I'm like, I'm going to put this on my mommy Facebook group. Like, I know so many moms that the thing that is really hard is that nobody talks about it. And, like, I, no one talks about this. And, like, nobody wants to hear it. Or I don't know why. People talk about it. Nobody wants to hear it. And also, it can be, first of all, my experience with breastfeeding was probably one of the better experiences of all my friends. It came naturally to me. It came naturally to Lenny. Um, there weren't that many issues. That said, I had thrush, which is a uh, like gross yeast oh, disease yeah. on your breast and in your nipple that comes from like just being hot and sweaty with like a bunch of milk. Yeah. Because bacteria. Like, and there's no one I talked to my gyno, I talked to my internist, and they're like, Yeah, we don't do boobs. You're gonna have <gasps> to see this woman in the Bronx. And I'm like, they don't know. Do I'd rather just suffer. Like I can't even leave my house. No one is a boob doctor. Mm. Okay. Like unless they're removing. Right. Them. Unless I'm, I'm like, I know so many boob doctors about taking those boobies out. Yeah. Yeah. There aren't many doctors that specialize in women's health and specifically breasts and not just like enhancing them or right, whatever. Right. Okay. Sorry. So I, I cut you off. You're at, you're saying now we are at 2021 <laughs> or 2022. Oh, right. So now we're in 2021. We are in the 21st century industry. Like we are in the most powerful country in the entire world. We are the best country (laughs) that there's quotes there in the entire world. Um, We are on the brink of total banning of abortion. um, And we don't have formula in this country. And this was last year, right? It started. So this started happening. Okay. So everyone is blaming the baby formula shortage. This is where the scam comes in. Um, well, the reason I talked about the other stuff first is because that's a scam too. Everything you know about how to feed a baby, like it's all scam. It's all like, it's all Gerber baby shit. Like that's a scam. Oh yeah. You don't, your baby doesn't need Gerber. Your baby doesn't need formula like necessarily. Like, unless it's, unless it's, yes, unless it's, they're unable to get nutrients 
in another way. And there, we did an entire episode about this, about the Nestle Gerber and I mean, Nestle formula scam and that they went to third world countries and made moms feel shame that their breasts and that their breastfeeding wasn't as good as American breastfeeding and pumped all this formula into them and all these milk things into them just to make money off these mothers, making them feel inferior because. Okay. Amazing. So you've covered this. So cut literally everything. No, because, and I don't mean but, that formula is a scam. I mean that making people think that like breast milk was bad or formula is bad. Like it's all a scam. Well, that was the thing. It, it comes in these like fashions. It's not, it's like, it comes in a fashion, like in one fashion, like you were saying that the breastfeeding all day was the only way to do it. And we do it with these communities. And then it, because, and we can say like, because of like World War II, because of like shortage, because of everything chaotic, it became best of like, we don't know if we're healthy enough, if we're malnourished as like parents. So let's take something from the formula. Like, I feel like it just comes at whatever trend is happening in the world. And then they market that and then they capitalize on that and then they make money off of that. So it's not even what's best for you and your child. It's just what is in trend financially in the industry. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that leads us to today. And when you go into your Walgreens, your Walmart, your whatever, and there is an empty shelf where there should be formula. Which is absolutely wild because most parents in this country supplement their baby's diet with formula. Um, So the scam here is basically twofold. One, it's that everyone's saying it is a supply chain issue, which, sure, there are supply chain issues, but that's a cover-up, really. I talked to a professor um, at Johns Hopkins, his name is Professor Ting Long Dai, and he's an expert in global supply chains. And he's like, look, any global supply chain issue you can see coming like miles away. And it makes me think of that Austin Powers scene where like him and Elizabeth Hurley are on that really slow moving vehicle. Yes, and the guy's like, yes. stop. Like, that's the metaphor for what happens. Like, they saw that and Biden's administration, everyone in the government, they saw this coming. They were warned. So anything time you hear, like, we just couldn't have seen it. Like, yes, no, you they could have seen it. this coming. They ignored it. Yeah. Yeah. Because why would they ignore it? Because no one cares about babies or women. They care about, like, guns. <laughs> like, truly. So I was going to say, I think, I think some of the issues are there's a labor shortage, which... Um, leads to like production and also there's ingredient shortages like palm oil, which is also kind of a, um, it's in a lot of formulas, but it's a little controversial. So there's a lot of formulas that are like, we're palm oil free or like, whatever, we don't have to get into that. Um, That's the other scam of everything. But so I decided to look into the baby formula shortage because (laughs) not many people are, Dara. Like no one is. I kept hearing about it. but. No one was really talking about it. Even moms who feed their babies formulas, it's just like this quiet stress. Panic. It's quiet panic because like, even my husband, I'm like, I don't think he really gets it. And also we're lucky that like our baby, if she, like around 10 months, if we couldn't find formula, like her pediatrician was like, you're fine. Like you can give her cow's milk or there's ripple or other types of milk or just solids, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. She was up, She was at the age that the shortage started happening that she could supplement with foods eventually and soon but enough. But the shortage, signs of the shortage started happening in 2020 probably. Okay, so this is, this is a long time coming. Tell us all of it. Okay, so the real issue behind the baby formula shortage and the, the huge scam that people need to understand is that there are literally only four companies that control nearly 90% of market share in the United States. For formula. Um, so if you want to talk about like a free market and all that, like that's not happening mm. with baby formula. Baby formula is extremely controlled. Wow. So those four companies are Mead Johnson. They make Enfamil, mm-hmm. Abbott. They make Similac, Nestle, which makes Gerber, mm-hmm. and Perigo, which makes... Um, like the generic store brands, mm-hmm, like the, mm-hmm. they make Walmarts and Amazons and Targets CBS, and yeah. Kirkland's. Yeah. So it's this like fake idea that when you think you're going into a store and picking out the formula yeah, that you want, like those have been chosen for you long ago. 
there's really no free market there. There's no like supply and demand, like, oh, let's make formula better or let's make it cheaper or let's make it like in cooler cans. Mm -hmm. Like that type of demand doesn't exist because it's so controlled. Wow. And it's also controlled because of the FDA, the regulations on it, and also how um, people are able to buy formula. So something that like a lot of people don't understand or didn't know is that these huge, huge, huge companies have statewide monopolies. So every state has contracts with one of these companies for their WIC programs, which is like the welfare for women Uh and children. So if like, I understood it as like food stamps, I don't know if that's like an out of date term or whatever, but if I have food stamps, I can only use those on certain brands of formula in my state. And that's chosen for you no matter what. Doesn't matter how your baby's doing. Doesn't matter what they need. Well, exactly. So if I'm in New York, the state contract is with Enfamil. Yeah. And then there's like a soy-based Similac product. So some babies have dairy. Most most formulas are dairy-based. But your baby might have a dairy intolerance. So then there's other types. There's soy. There's other, maybe there's pea. I'm not sure. But you also might need like a hypoallergenic type yeah. of form or like a sensitive yep. formula and you're going to need to break down exactly because your baby like needs that and you if you're in a WIC program you would need like clearance from your doctor in order to be able to purchase that type of formula Okay, so then here's where it gets naughty, Caitlin. This is fascinating, and you're telling the story so well. And I was going to say, with with the WIC program, is that also in hospitals? Like, as soon as you're born, they give your baby whatever that hospital's contracted with? So, in the hospital, like, I remember, I think we got Similac. I think think those formula brands, like, before the shortage or whatever, just, like, gave samples to the hospital because then they hook you on those. So, just for clarity, people who aren't on the WIC program, like it means they can go and buy whatever type of formula they want with their own money, but there's still, the market share is still 90% controlled by these four big companies. So really like nobody is in control unless like, unless you're looking at like a Bobby, like these disruptors, Bobby, by heart, and they're more direct to consumer. They're expensive. So back to those four big companies that own 90% of market share for baby formula in the most powerful country in the world in history. Um, One of those companies is Abbott and they make Similac. So Abbott creates around 40 to 50% of all baby formula in America. That factory was 25% of all formula, which is a quarter. Wow. Wow. That's so much pressure. And that's so. It's not just pressure. That's power. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. And so, like if in, anything went wrong, my God. It is what it's June 2022. In October 2021, there was a whistleblower who filed a complaint about safety violations, and um, there were reports being surfaced about an infant being hospitalized for this rare but deadly bacteria after consuming formula from that plant. That happened in October 2021. Two months following that complaint, two infants died and more were hospitalized. More were hospitalized after drinking formula from that same plant. Oh, Jesus. And you don't know how many other ones. No, that's just reported. Right. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many, so many times your baby's sick and the doctor's like, oh, he just got it because you let him outside for too long or you played in the garden and he got some bacteria from something else. Like, a lot of times people chalk it up to like mother's negligence. Of course. Of course, you blame the mother. And even when I first heard this, when it actually became a story, I was like, well, maybe they were feeding their babies bad form. Like, that was my first instinct, which is like, so the FDA, one of the reasons that these four companies have such a monopoly on baby formula is that the market is so regulated and FDA with, with the state contracts and also because of the regulations and all of the stuff on the label that they have to include. Like it's just, it makes it so that 
outside companies, there's no incentive for them to try to compete in the American right, or market. Or any new company couldn't stay afloat. Like you could try, you could try and create your new organic thing, but it will just get wiped out by all the other ones. Right, right. And also like something that also no one talks about is that um, it's like, it's considered like a dying market <laughs> because the birth rate in America is so low, actually. Because we're so, depressed. Like, from a, so from a business standpoint, there's like no incentive to make this more competitive. Except, of course, the women behind Bobby and By Heart, it's women. Right. Okay. People who... The incentive right. are the mother and children, but that's not... Right. They don't have stock options, Dara. <laughs> They're not in the stock market. They're not ringing that bell downstairs, so... So in... It, so uh, whistleblower, October 2021, two babies died. Died. It was connected to that factory. And it wasn't until... December 2021 that the FDA even interviewed the whistleblower. What? And then it took until January in 2022 for the FDA to inspect the plant. And then finally in February, almost end of February, four months following the complaint, the formula was recalled, which is when we all heard about this. <gasps> so that, and that is thousands Tons so of people. that's not like a supply, a global supply chain issue. That's a domestic supply chain issue. That's like, it's not really a supply chain issue. Technically, it's just the result of this huge oversight and scandal from this recall. That was that, covered up too. That was completely covered up. Completely. No one. So what happened to that plant? Mm -hmm. It voluntarily shut down. Right. The FDA didn't even close it down. Mm -hmm. They voluntarily did that. That might sound like, oh my God, wow, good for them. Like, no, that, that just shows no one's in charge and no one is facing any consequences Zero. for any yeah. of this. They're going to get a pat on the back and all the kids that got sick or infected or anything else, they don't even trace that now. No. And now that we're experiencing this like 40% complete decrease of formula, legislators are like, what's the solution? Let's open that plant back up. That's the solution. This is just like a massive regulatory failure. Like there's more, there's more regulations with big banks than there is with baby formula. And baby formula needs to be, it needs to be safe. So there is not a, so to reiterate, there's not a supply chain issue. It was that 25% of the consistent formula production was cut out because it was killing children. <laughs> so it's not that there's a supply chain. It's not that like we can't blame COVID. You can't blame like China or some ship that didn't make it across the canal. It's because there was a plant in Michigan that really fucked it up. And yeah, it was hiding it's an it. American company mm -hmm. in a, their American factories yeah. with American regulators that didn't do their job or listen to the whistleblower who's a hero in this case. Exactly. It takes a, like, it's no small feat to be a whistleblower against a massive company. Yes. Um, and it's, it's this like wild failure that no one cares about. I think because it's just like so expected. And the way, and the way people are like, just breastfeed. I know. And if you've never breastfed and you, you suddenly don't have formula, you can't, after your body's gone through all these changes, like they don't know. So after, let's say, you're, you're bottle feeding your baby, then your body starts to reacclimate itself. It believes like, okay, we're, we're done with birthing. We're done with after, you know, the postpartum. Now we're getting back into like our body as like women, you know, functioning pre-pregnancy. You can get your period again and then you can't breastfeed. <laughs> if, you're, if your body has moved on, I don't think you can breastfeed again, right? Well, that's the other, like there is just no education around this. And everyone thinks everything is black and white with everything baby, which is why like my one regret as a parent was like those first six months where I really thought there was a rule to follow for everything. And like every Instagram account, it's like, oh, if I want her to do this, I should get this product. Or if I want this, I need to do this. Or if I want her to sleep, I have to follow this lady's rules or whatever. There are no rules. Like your baby, in a lot of cases, I learned my baby was leading the way and I should have trusted my instinct. There are babies that are more challenging. You need more help. You need more assistance with or whatever. But there's just like sex education from like childhood shouldn't be about sex. It should be about like 
how your body can do things. Like, I'm just, I had no idea what breastfeeding would be like. I mean, even when it's like, so when can I get pregnant on my cycle? Here's the other fucked up thing. Birth control, I hate saying this, but for as much as, for as amazing as birth control is, it's also a scam (laughs) because I was on it for 10 years and it, I think it helped me like stay skinnier. It helped my skin. It was like a magic pill for me. When I went off of it to get pregnant, I felt this like dark veil lift off of my brain. And I was like, oh, I think I've been really angry for the last few years. I think the hormones like changed my brain and made me pissed off in a way that like, it scares me to even go back. Like that's why I'm like, and now I'm having my period again and I'm like, using a diva cup and I'm like, oh, this is really cool. I'm actually getting to know what my body does. Right. Cause you don't, you never do. And it's, it's this idea too, for women, like quick, let's shut up our bodies while we're really young and we can procreate so we can get our careers going. So we don't interrupt anything. So we don't have any kids too early. And it's this idea of like, quick, 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 stop, ignore, shut down your body as fast as you can when you're young, because they don't want underage pregnancy basically. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, my sex ed teacher was, I remember in middle school, was a weird old male gym coach who was like yelling. They're all, they're all gym teachers. It was they're so like, here's your biceps weird. and here's your vagina. I know. It was yeah. so weird. And I was just like, this is, I don't want to have sex because I don't want to ever think of this creepy teacher. <laughs> like, I just was oh like, my God. they really did like make me so uncomfortable. And I just, I think that like, it is a lost art in the sense of just communicating with each other and like talking about, like, I, I always think about that we were meant to be tribes full of women helping each other out sitting together. I mean, like, I think of like my great, great, great grandparents were like huddled together in Russia in a Jewish ghetto and just helping each other. And you didn't move and you didn't leave because that's what you had. You had your community. I, I was joking about this with Alan. It was like, if you left your community, no one you didn't have a cell phone. You didn't even have like a post office. Like no one would know where you were. Like there was this feeling that you did stay together for better or for worse. But for that is the thing that is lacking right now. Like we have all these benefits and we have all these freedoms, but I, we are so disconnected that yes, I am looking at Instagram for advice. I'm looking at TikTok for advice. I'm like finding someone else's abuela's secret recipe for laundry detergent that I love because I... That one sounds good. It's really good. It's really good. I'll send it to you. It works. But that's why I'm like, I wish that... That's a positive, but but I just wish that there was more of that in our community and in our lives that like we... It's, it's not in vogue to listen to what your grandparents say always or to do the the tricks and tips and listen to how your mother did it or something. There's this feeling of like, well, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to strike out new and I'm going to new science and new stuff. And it's this fascination, but we have, as humans, we need, we need help. We need to, to help each other and depend on each other. And so with this concept that like you can Google everything or you can look everything up independently, you kind of lose that that automatic support, because if you go ask someone for advice, not like you're looking up an article or you're not looking up, you know, some fact or document, when you ask your mother for advice, she's like, oh, and then she gives you the human relationship of that happened to me, or this is normal or something like that. Like a a Huff Post article isn't going to say, don't worry, it's normal. It happened to me. I got over it. You know, like it's, there's so much more in communicating with each other. And I don't, but I will say that there's this fear for new moms that if you do communicate or reach out, there someone's going to think you're doing it wrong or you're doing it incorrectly or you're harming mm-hmm. your child. Like people don't want to admit when they have an issue. Like I, there's something about like the need after you had a baby to just, I, I was talking to this woman I know who just had a baby and she was just like, I only want to be around new moms right now. And it's like, it's just because they can understand, you feel like you're an alien, like in this new world. And like, you just need people to like, who can help you understand it. And like, I'm sure you have the same experience. Like I have my text thread of moms and it's like almost like the Samantha, the Carrie, the Shark, and the, the Miranda, and they all have their different, like, okay, what's the best butt cream? One mom will give me the most like woo woo goopy $350 butt cream. Another will be like, 
I don't use butt cream. And I another will be like, I use Aquaphor. <laughs> yeah. And then the other mom will say like, Aquaphor is poison. And I'm like, um, my baby just like ate a tub of Aquaphor. Yeah. And like, <laughs> it's just like having all those opinions is great. And also being able to like leave judgment at the door and look your baby, see what your baby is doing and accept that they're kind of on their own path. And, and it's like a symbiotic relationship with you and your baby. What's good for you and your baby as this like organism that is like, growing and evolving together. I completely agree. And I think it is so disconnected and it is the scam that government and officials are pulling on us to say like, oh, it's a supply chain shortage. It's not our fault because COVID hit. It's all these things like they're trying to spin it. They're really scamming everyone. They're trying to spin it that no one is talking about this plant, you know, like no one's talking about the shortage because this plant actually takes 25%, uh, 25% of all the formula, you know, in our entire country. So I think that it's this concept that they're trying to intellectualize it. They're trying to put facts with it. And it's these, a bunch of men just trying to put as much distance between a huge American mistake and themselves to say it's to lob it all, to like put it all together with like paperclip shortage (laughs) as if that's a same thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, it's no wonder that like the things that are in shortage always, it always affects um, the matriarchy, mm-hmm. <laughs> like it it's tampons mm-hmm. right now, it's diapers, it's formula. Um, I heard that Adderall is, there's a shortage of that. Is, yeah. So how does that affect parents Completely. with children who need that? Parents who need that? Mm-hmm. Girls who just want to party. <laughs> <laughs> Girls want to take a quick sniff and get out on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. How does it affect us? Um, I agree. I completely agree, Dara. And it's, I think that right now. And I'm really trying to, oh, I just licked the mic. Um, I'm really trying to make sense of this because I don't want to go around being sad all day, but it, it has like, everything is coming up to the surface that so little has been cared about for women and children and new families and new, new dads too, because of everything happening in the world, because of these ridiculous lapses in like, why is there such speed for abortion rights? And zero speed with gun laws. Like, it's just out or of Or even control. just, like, why isn't there just, like, a big-ass diaper drive happening? You know, like, and with all those things, like, I think diaper drives, tampons, like, feminine products and diaper cream and formula. Like, why don't we have drives and involve the men in our lives, too, and, like, make it, like, it has to be important to them. Because mm-hmm. some of those babies are boys. <laughs> like, <laughs> I it's, know. like... I'm just like, don't you like? How do you remove yourself crazy. from like being a baby? I was like, like, we were, we were all, all babies. I know. I said that all the time. I'm like, anytime somebody was shitty to me or like I find my stroller, I was like, bitch, you were a baby too. You were a baby, and someone cared for you yes. enough to get here. Like babies have no homeostasis. No, like they are constantly about to just you know perish. They, and so someone said to me, babies are death seeking missiles, and. That's exactly what they are. They're like, oh, there's an outlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let me just crawl out this window or that one. And it's, it's, it's insane. And so I'm like, you guys were all babies. You all had to deal with being fed or being scared. You have a mother. Like, it, it, it blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Like how I don't know what it does over time. I don't know if it's a certain amount of years. If it's being a tough guy or being bullied. I don't know what it is. But there's this like moment where they completely disassociate themselves from anything that is where they came from in that sense. I think it's also like subtly cultural too in like the media, like not that I'm referencing a specific show, but let's say there was an episode of like Friends and like Joey and Ross are on a plane and there's a baby crying. Like the baby's like the annoying brat. I'm totally making up that scenario. I've never watched an episode of Friends, but it's like (laughs) even just like those subtle moments of how children are perceived in culture, not as like things that like, people that like we're raising and protecting and loving, but as like nuisances. Other, and also that like that as the thing that I have a big issue with and that I've always felt the pressure with is that as soon as you have a baby, the woman has to go back to looking like she's never had a baby before. <laughs> it's like, don't get me started. It's, in, it's out of control. It's like all these posts, all this stuff and like, and it feeds women and they get the positive attention from other people. And, and I just was like, why is there such a rush to after you create a human being with your body, which no man can do? I'm sorry. Unless, unless. Not you, that I'm aware. No, no. Unless you have transitioned and at one time you did have a uterus, you know, like that's amazing. But 
currently, like, a, biologically, a man cannot create a child. So because of this confusion, fascination, dis, like, this disconnect, why are women, like, forced to, this amazing miracle, forced to act like we've never had it? And it doesn't look like that. And our hair is going to look the same. Our asses are going to look the same. Our tits are going to look the same. Breastfeeding or no, like, we can do it all. And why is that so celebrated? I just don't like it. I just really don't like it. And it's and I don't like that it's like the farce of the mother. You know, I I got I used to get really upset actually. Um I think it was when I was pregnant and it was during like sketch stuff and it was like, "Oh, the mom." And I was like, "Bitch, I bet that mom was hot." Like I got so mad. I'm like, "Your parents fucked to get you here. They had dirty mm-hmm. sex to make a baby. Like are we forgetting?" all the sex that we've had to get to make a baby. Like you don't make a baby because you like make a cake and it, a baby pops out of it. Like you mm-hmm. are, you want to be a fun, dirty ass, hot person who's fucking someone else. And then a baby comes out of it. Like you, yeah. I, I just cannot get over that. The second a baby comes out of you, the sexuality or the complexity of that person or the interest, just like people expect it's just cut right off. Yeah. Mom, I, I never... I don't like mom as a four little letter word. Yeah. It's like, oh, the park moms, the stroller warriors. Yeah. It's like, uh, oh, that stroller costs a thousand dollars. It's like, yeah, and it should. Well, it shouldn't, well, but, but they, there should be amazing design. I know. Like there should be like innovations for how I'm going to lug this 20 pound baby and all of its shit in a around 25 pound stroller and hopefully not give it brain damage because the streets in New York have potholes everywhere. So hopefully it bounces less. Oh God. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, my, my stroller is shock control. <laughs> I love, you got it. You got to have it. I know when Lewis, we got Lewis like a little, um, umbrella stroller and we're like, all right, his head's sturdy enough that he can bounce around. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I think like, I think that that is, so do you have, do you know anything that's happening as of right now? Is this plant open? I know there was legislation to open up the WIC programs to, oh, to not have it be just by state. So that people could use their, like, WIC cards to buy other types of formula that was available. Oh, 12 hours ago. Look, I literally broke this story, but because it's on Pure Wow, no one knows. But um, Abbott, FDA were warned about formula plant a year before. Ro- recall, um, Michigan baby formula plant to restart production in June. I don't know if that's five days ago. Abbott Nutrition restarts baby formula production and reopen plant. Okay, should I read this? Yes, please. This, so this just was updated. This is five days ago. Key points, Abbott Nutrition has resumed baby formula production at its Sturgis, Michigan plant, which is the one that killed two babies. Um, the company said it will restart the production of Elacare, a formula for children with digestive issues. I think those are some of the hardest ones to find right now. Um, aiming for an initial product release around June 20th. Um, Abbott Nutrition on Saturday resumed baby formula production, addressing a nationwide shortage because it closed down. Because it right, killed. because you poison people. Do they do they have anything? Do they say about their? I'm sure in this in their press release, they're not going to say anything about the cleanliness or contamination. Okay, here's what it says. While supply problems started early in the COVID-19 pandemic, issues worsened in part due to February closure of the Michigan plant amid scrutiny over contamination. FDA investigations began after four infants were hospitalized with bacterial infections from drinking its powdered formula. Two of the babies died. It's not like, this is CNBC. It does not... Um, it's this plant's fault. Hey, Kate Dorr, I'm going to tweet at her. Like, this does not go into how they knew. Um, this is not a supply chain issue thing. Like, this is literally your plant that supplies 25% of all baby formula in the United States of America um, killed two babies and no one gave a shit. Yeah. God, Dara, this is incredible. I can't... I'm so grateful that you figured this out. I didn't figure it out. I just, like, I'm just like, what's happening? And That's like amazing, though. one person, this professor talked to me, Ting Long Dai, and he was pissed. I was like relieved he was so upset that is, because that's what you want. it's like, oh, thank, like, I'm not crazy. I, like, I felt crazy because it seemed like no one was talking about this. So that's that. Because nobody knows. I did. That's oh my God. So Dara. if you, if you have extra formula, um, if you're interested in donating your own breast milk, look look into your community on how to give those supplies away or how to give diapers to families in need in your lo- local area. If like you want to do something today because, or give to your mutual aid. We should start aid. a diaper drive, you and I. We should start a drive. 
and just find a parking lot. I mean, your mutual aid in you're in Queens, um, Bushwick. We have uh, Bushwick Ayuda Muda, Ayuda Mutual. They they do stuff like that all the time. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel or anything. Like just people who are already really good at doing this stuff are doing it. It's just about like getting in touch with them. Okay, this is incredible. I love this. I'm so grateful you told us. And I want everyone to start questioning. Like, let's just please be questioning. Let's not take it at face value. And I think that's probably the upside of all this is that everyone is waking up. Like you were saying, like Alan has been telling me about this as a journalist, as a educated human. Alan is Neo. Yeah. Like he's he known, was awoken. He knew the whole time that this was going on and it wasn't really like gauche or like nobody talked about it or it was sort of looked at it like, oh, you're you know, like that's a little too intense or just relax. It's not that bad. And then Alan was like, no, like this is a huge issue we're facing. And it is now. And what I can say is I'm just so relieved that everybody is waking up to it. I'm everybody's waking up to like taking the blinders off and taking sort of these like rose colored glasses with our, I don't know why we like love these legislators so much. Everyone's like, oh, this person is in government, but he was a really nice. No, they're all, they're all bad. Literally. I think there's like one person in government who is doing anything for the born, the baby formula shortage. Let's see if that legislation even passed. Okay. The Senate unanimously passes bipartisan bill to address baby formula shortage. Um, I think they were going to, so there's lots of like tariffs and crazy things that make it very hard to bring in foreign formula. So I think they're going to be doing that and then probably like addressing the WIC thing. That's good. They did that. It only took them, that was May. They should have been doing that in October. Years ago. Well, yeah. Yeah. So my crazy formula thing is because I couldn't breastfeed, I became obsessed with formula, obsessed with it. And I was a nanny for a Dutch family and they had the most incredible formula, I remember. And the mom brought it and her mother would bring it when she'd visit in her suitcase, like pack cans and cans of formula. And it's hip. Hip-a. Hip. Mm-hmm. hip. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hip. And there's this other one that's uh, the goat milk and all amazing. And so at one point, we didn't have enough formula for Lewis. And there was a Brooklyn company and I paid $45 for one can of formula because we needed to feed our baby. And and that was it. And so, and then my my incredible friend would send me, ship me over boxes of formula. She would visit and bring me formula. Because in Holland, I could get it for like $9 to $12. But here in the U.S., it would be $27. And so I would, because it has all these extra taxes and then they could just mark it up and everything. So she, I remember like money, for for my baby shower, I was like, please put money in the formula fund. Like that was part of my baby shower was you could like add to a bassinet or add to the formula fund. And then she would send it over. I would uh, PayPal her the money for it. And she was, we were just doing this like behind as, as any way as we could. And it was the only way. And, I, and Lewis is like an incredibly healthy, happy kid. And I'm sure he would have been fine on any formula, but because I felt so nervous and so untrusting of the U.S. Um, and I saw this formula work so well for the kids I nannied for. Um, it made me feel like, okay, I couldn't give my breast milk, but I could give, or any breast milk, but I could give the next closest thing. So that was like, that was my entire experience. And I do remember at one time, Alan was like, wait, how much did you pay? Because I had to buy the formula and then pay for them to like overnight it, which meant somebody basically in Brooklyn took an Uber to come over <laughs> and dropped it wow. off. And I was freaking out, freaking out the whole time. No, I mean, I think it shows that like, not only there are so many different levels of issues with how we feed our babies. And there is a demand for this like European style formula, but there's, it's so hard to get. If you are looking for formula, I will say, um, so Bobby is great. I've used them. They, I don't think they're taking new customers right now because of, because of certain supply chain issues. So certain ingredients they're also connected with, like through the global supply chains, they're not able to get as much. And so they are, um, in order to keep up with orders that they already have, um, because it's like subscription-based, they're not taking new customers. As of last time I checked, Buy Heart is, last time I checked, is another, it's like another disruptor type of formula brand. It's American-based it's definitely farm to formula. The idea is that it's like the closest to breast milk that it's ever been. And 
they are completely vertically integrated. So like they own every part of their supply chain and factories, as far as I'm aware. So they're not having those types of issues. They're like one of the only companies in the country that actually has formula. That said, it's expensive. So there's That's that. incredible. Yeah. And, um, and then if you want to get the Dutch formula, if you just like want to do that, I'm, I loved it. And it was great. And I, I, um, I can put those links of where I got mine. I think it's illegal to bring it in. Like, I'm not saying what you did, but I think like, mm-hmm. it, that is true. It, That's a fact. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of FDA stuff. Mm-hmm. Like you can't go to Amazon Canada and just like get yes. even like Abbott products there. Like yes, it's, you're there's taxes and stuff. No, as a swindler. Yeah. Oh my God, Dara, this is so amazing. Where can, where can people find you on social? Where can people like read your articles? I'm going to put everything in our notes. Um, and if there's anything else you want to say. You can find me on Instagram at kdara. Um, that's K-D-A-R-A. I have a show mm. happening at the end of July in Caveat in New York. And that's amazing. it. Dara, thank you so much. This was so great. I cannot wait for everyone to hear this episode. We are going to share it like crazy. It's so important. I love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Scanwell Podcast Season 2 is produced and edited by me, Caitlin Brodnick, produced and edited by Caitlin Moldenhauer, and edited by Jesse Karen. We are part of the More Banana Podcast Network, which is an all-female-owned and run network for women's voices uninterrupted. If you love us, the best thing you can do is rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. It will help us tremendously. Thank you guys so much for listening, all of your support. We're so happy to have you here, and we will see you next week. Bye. Six girls. I'm Cassie Waters. Bridget Nilsson. Mariella Williams. I'm Gloria Smith. I'm Annabelle Perk. I'm Nadia Olson. One book. Light fades, dark ascends, and whisper in shadow. And a demon from hell. Calling Darkness, available wherever you listen to your podcasts.